Welcome to Sonoma Ashram's podcast, Sunday Satsang with Babaji. With great love and respect. I would like to welcome you on this beautiful Sunday morning. Sitting here, I was just thinking, what am I going to speak about to the group? As most of you know, I never prepare anything, just sit and see who is in front of me and whatever comes from that direction, I respond to that. So we all have to learn this new way of being, new way of communicating with this media. And um, as we move forward, it will be wonderful to receive your questions, your inquiries about anything via email, just send it to the ashram. And that gives me some idea of what people are feeling and what they are expecting. And if it's in the back of my mind, then you never know what comes up. It takes two hands to clap. I can clap both of my hands and you'll hear it. But if it's one of your hand and one is mine, then it has more meaning. And <clears throat> anyway, today, this little incident came to my mind. I was a guest teacher at mystery school and they had set up one-on-one -on -one time for each participant with me. So someone came and I asked her, do you have a practice? She said, oh, I have a thriving practice. And she went on talking about that how wonderful it is. And she was a uh, medical doctor by profession. And my question was about her spiritual practice. So when we are on this path in the Sangha, we are very much familiar with the word sadhana. In Hindi, the word is sadhana. Which is translated as spiritual practice in English. What is a spiritual practice? Why do we do it? Looking at you, everybody has some kind of practice. And I'm sure each one of us is familiar with the word sadhana. What 
sadhana is a very beautiful word. When an archer aims the arrow, the archer is sad aiming that arrow, that aiming itself is called sadhana. Aiming towards a goal. That's the word really spiritual practice mean, literally. To aim towards a goal. That reminds me of a beautiful story of Mahabharata, the great epic, Arjuna the great archer, warrior. When he was young, there were five brothers and many more other cousins, the same teacher, same guru. One day guru got all the disciples, all the students and was going to give them a test. So in a distance, he hung a bird, a wooden bird in the tree. And the test was, you have to pierce the eye of the bird. All the students came, Guru will ask him, what do you see? Somebody saw the whole mountain, then the lots of trees, and then there was one tree in the tree a bird, somebody saw just the trees and the bird. So people kept coming and they kept describing what do they see. And before they would shoot the arrow guru will say stop, don't shoot. Then came Arjuna. Arjuna took his bow and arrow, pointed. Guru asks him, Arjun, what do you see? Arjun says, Guruji, all I see is the bird's eye. He said, shoot. So this is the word sadhana means. Now we have to look at ourselves, that thing that we call spiritual practice. How clear my practice is. Doesn't matter whatever your practice is. As long as you are sitting in meditation or in prayers or not doing anything, but still call the, oh, I have a practice. So no one is going to judge or tell you what it is, except you, your own guru, your guru self will tell you where you are. What kind of how inner disposition we have towards our spiritual practice. Inner disposition is called bhav, B-H-A-V. Bhav is a big word too, that has so much meaning. So 
sadhana, bhav, these words you will hear very often in satsang um, with me. So I would like you to be very clear about these words, not just have some idea. You may have heard me speak many times. Why do we do sadhana? We do sadhana to honor ourselves, to respect ourselves, to love ourselves, to connect with our fullness, our one divinity. So those are many different ways uh, you, you'll hear me speak about sadhana. But the real part meaning of sadhana is that pointing the arrow towards the bird's eye and you don't see anything else. When you sit in meditation, when you sit in your prayer, what is on your mind? What is the quality of your heart? Are you sitting there to pray for something? Are you sitting there to cleanse your mind? All those things, they're all good. Whatever encourages you to uh, sit there. But the ultimate reason that you are sitting there is one-pointedness towards that which has no name, no form, no gender, no description. When you sit there, Maybe there comes a moment, you, your meditation, that which you are meditating with the mean, sadhan, it all becomes one. There is a beautiful description of stages of meditation. Uh, it's described in Oasis of Stillness, that little dialogue with Baba. Someone came and was just talking about meditation and Baba said, oh, I don't know much about meditation, but when a yogi sits down, the first, the yogis appear of all the discomforts. Just like you, you sit down to meditate, something is hurting here, something is little here, you put a pillow here and you're aware of all the discomfort. And you keep doing your meditation. Gradually, very gracefully, you move into the second stage of meditation. When things have settled down, it begins to feel good. A part of you acknowledges it. It's, ah, now it feels good. So in first stage of meditation, you're aware of all the discomfort. Second stage of meditation, you become aware of all the comfort. Ah, oh, now it feels good. Now I'm getting there. As you keep meditating, you enter in the third stage of meditation. The experiencer is not one who is feeling discomfort or comfort disappears. The experiencer disappears. 
This is the third stage of meditation. And most of us are between these three stages. There is a fourth stage too. Remaining established in the third state, the yogi returns to the world to engage like a normal human being. And that stage is rare. It's for very, someone like Sarkar Baba. That outside you could see they were engaging, reacting, going through the play of life, but deep inside was as still as that, a bowl of water. There were no ripples in it. So that's the fourth stage, Aghoreshwar stage. As we sit in our sadhana, in our meditation, being a human being, we have all the challenges and we have our desire too. Most of the time I talk to people, they want to meditate, they want to pray, to feel good, to sort, sort out the problems, to push it all out. Yes, those are good. But the ultimate reason you are sitting there is like the bull's eye Arjuna was aiming for. There is a um, there are many stories, many stories. In Biveksar, Baba Kinaram, somebody said, yes, somebody said, Babaji, please do write, read Biveksar every time, even two, per, two things. So I said, okay, I will do that. So this is from the Gyan Ang, the limb of knowledge. The disciple asks the Guru, Paryo Katina Bhava Pasamaha Bikala Mahabhayabhi Apano Kari Pratipale or Nahi Jagami. O Gurudev, I am caught in the bondage of this physical world and I am agitated and consumed with fear. Accept me as your own and save me. I have no one else in the world to turn to. Asha chinta kalpana kaya karma kubang bahushanka me parirayo magupawe and hope, worry, construed imaginations, the shackles of the body and actions all put me in a state of great doubt. I'm like a blind man, unable to find a path. Visaya vasana jivate tare tare nakoi kama dikatisai prabal kyon kari sukharati hoi Overpowering desires are so strong in the living being. They are extremely hard to overcome. Passions like sexual desire are so strong without reprieve, how can one find happiness? 
I'm going to read the whole book. But I'll see. Guru says, Amar Bij ko gyan jo shishya suna vahu tohi lagu vishal nahi kachu to atam rat hohi. O disciple, now I will teach you the knowledge of the immortal seed. There is nothing big or small in this world. Be immersed in the self. Hansa Hansa Madhehi Param Ramya Asthan Brahma Dekh Ko Gaminahi Kyon Kari Kari Abakhan Chandra Uday Nahi Surya Nahi Taha Pavan Uchhas Dharani Navachaya Taha Naha Nahi Meru Kailas Hansa Hansa Madhehi, the swan, the self, is within the supreme self. Hamsa. You breathe in, so breathe out, hum. Between the so and hum. Between the inhalation and exhalation, there is little space. That is the dwelling space of that Supreme Being. The Supreme Being is not out there. Your own Supreme Being. You are the Supreme Being. You can catch a glimpse of that between that space of inhalation and exhalation. There is no quality of mind in that space. <laughs> but our mind is looking for something else. We want to, we have this habit of the what's next, what's next, what's next. We find it very difficult to just be in that space and taste it. No attributes, no quality, no name, no form. It's beyond all the gunas, all the attributes. Being able to be that still, content, then we can taste it. When we're looking for something, when we're praying for something, when we have this idea of something, it's very difficult to be in that space and really appreciate it. I hope you can relate to where I'm speaking from. I know it's, um, my talk is on so many different levels because I see who is here on this and trying to give everybody something to walk away with. So there are many levels to this talk and even if you just got one pearl, it will be very meaningful to you. So 
I can go on speaking and, but I would love to hear from you what's on your mind and encourage you to do little self-reflection, your relationship with your own sadhana. How is your sadhana? Are you seeing the forest and the trees and the one tree, then the bird? Or maybe the bird is even hidden somewhere under the leaves. You just see the trees. So look at all these things. And, and if you don't know what else to do, go to that space between you have taken the breath in before you breathe out without forcing, just taste the quality of that space, the space of no mind. That space is whole, that space is full, that space is very sacred.